0: Because we're brought up in this country and we have this kind of limited perspective of what mental health is, how you treat it, you know, it's medication and even in physical health, there's like some things have a cure and some things don't, but we tend to treat the symptoms rather than the cause. And I think that is a big issue. So for me growing up, my mum's bipolar Um, and we always knew there was something that was not quite right. She would kind of, you know um, just have these episodes that were really, really scary and we never really knew what they were. So that was quite difficult watching that and not really knowing, you know, that's, um, bipolar or is it schizophrenia? There was no label for it, but what we was clear was it was taboo. What was clear was we must hide it. No one, no one should know what's going on. It was all shush, shush. And no, we never really knew what to do. We didn't, we weren't equipped um to deal with that situation and for me I don't mean like a sob story get out the, the violin but it was like if that's your mum your mum is like Gurbani like talks about that's your first guru so for me it was really difficult um never knowing what was going to happen like mm-hmm. is she in a good mood is she in a bad mood but I never really realized that had an effect on me because it was just so normal for me growing mm-hmm. up And I think it was only Mm. later in life when I started to have my own kind of challenges, um, physical health challenges. And then as I kind of started to explore them, I realized there were these underlying roots of emotional and mental health challenges as well, um, that I kind of became aware of what is this thing called mental health. Mm. Um, So I think that's where my journey started was exploring my physical health, going from doctor to hospital, operations, um, and not really finding a cure and realizing, I think the first thing was like, this system doesn't work. Yeah. Like they just keep trying to give me medicine, giving me medication to treat the symptoms, but nobody can actually tell me what's wrong with me. Um, like I had gallstones and they took the gallbladder out and it was like, okay, it's done with, but there was still pain. Yeah. Um, and it was only when I met someone who's like a holistic practitioner um, that she's kind of helped to show me that actually there's this emotional component mm-hmm. about your physical pain. That's when I really started to figure out, okay, who am I? Like, you know, what, what, what is going on with me? I thought I was okay in life. I've got a, an amazing husband. I've got these two children. Uh, even my in-laws are lovely, which is rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually there's, I still don't feel quite right. And I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever felt quite right, but I just wasn't aware of that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was really encouraging me to go see a counselor okay. and I was really resisting it. And now if I look back and think about why was I resisting it, it was kind of the taboo yeah. and it was kind of denial as well. Yeah. So it was like, I, I'm i okay. Like there's nothing wrong. There was nothing on the outside yeah. that was wrong with my life. I had a decent job, decent husband, decent family. Um But she she really gently just kept encouraging me, gave me a card, and was like, you know, maybe you should go talk. And she would try and get me to talk to her, but I, I really struggled to communicate. Yeah. To, and, and like, you wouldn't think it now to see how much I talk. <laughs> um, but I just, when it came, especially when it came to that kind of emotional stuff, yeah, I just couldn't get the words out. And she could always sense that there's something there, but I couldn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, and then it was only when I actually finally got the courage, my pain actually got a lot worse, that I then, I was like, okay, I'm going to go and see this counselor. Yeah. And she basically guided me through. I still didn't talk a lot in the sessions. She was doing a lot of talking, which yeah. for counseling, it's normally more, you know, the other person talking. But she helped yeah. me to see kind of, okay, these are the factors that things that have happened in your life, experiences, mm. and they've affected you somehow. And yeah. it really helped me to just get that out, yeah. to, to start talking about these things that I'd buried. Yeah. Um, you know, even things that we don't like to think about, like certain resentment. Um, you know, this anger that was, you wouldn't see on the outside or when I talk to people, but actually there, there was a lot of anger inside of me, a lot of resentment, this feeling of just being lost. And even though I'd been coming into this journey of sikki for a few, like just a few years by then, there was still all of this stuff inside of me that I couldn't quite understand. Um, so that's where my journey started. And by the end of just a few sessions, I had a bit more clarity. I wouldn't say, you know, everything's cured and I was amazing. Um, but it just gave me that clarity. Um, and then that from there, it was like, okay, what's next. And that's why I kind of got into coaching was, okay, now we've got to figure out because you can't just deal with the past and then be like, okay, what do I do now? There's gotta be, there's gotta be something next. So that's where my journey started with, kind of mental health is my mum's side of things. And even now, you know, sometimes she won't take her medication um, and and it's difficult to see that. Um, But even, you know, me day to day, some days I'll be, you know, I would say there's a lot more good days than bad. But every once in a while, you know, I still get that day where I'm having a lot of negative thinking or something might not go my way and then I'll find myself really thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so I was just thinking, there's so many kind of
1: points that you've raised yeah, along that way, yeah. on, along the way in describing your journey, and one of the things that really struck me was when we started talking about mental health, you were actually talking about physical. Yeah, health and yeah. how we we really see them as two separate entities, don't yeah. we? We're like, oh, somebody's got a physical health problem, they ne- need to go to a medical doctor mm-hmm. or they need to go to the hospital, and then you've got somebody who's got a mental health problem, which means that you know they need to go and see yeah. somebody who's specialist in in mental well being. Mm-hmm. Whereas for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. it's almost as if they were completely merged, yeah, um, and they were inseparable. Mm-hmm. And so, what you know, we started to about mental health, but then you said actually the reason why you started to explore your internal world and your emotions mm-hmm. and your psychology was when you started having physical health problems yeah. and when the suffering was too much the pain was too much mm-hmm. and there wasn't a cu- obvious cure yeah. and it wasn't settling mm-hmm. that you then thought actually there's I need to explore or you were encouraged to explore the emotional yeah. side of things yeah. so I think that's really interesting isn't it because out there I think we do have this notion of mental and physical mm-hmm. whereas we know like if even from a Gurbani perspective, from a psychology perspective, that the mind, our body are not separate mm-hmm. at all, that they both interact and interlink and um, affect each other in so many profound ways. Like in Gurbani, they always talk about mind and body together, right? mm-hmm. like um, one talk that comes is Simro, Simar, Simar, Sukhpavo, Kal Kalesh, Tan Mahe Mitavo. that doing the Simran, Helps to remove the Kalesh, the conflict within the mind and the body. Mm-hmm. And so I find that mind and body comes together a lot mm. within Gurbani.
0: Yeah. And yeah. you
1: know, we do, you've done a lot of work around how the mind affects the body. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering whether we want to talk a little bit about that. You know, what? how do thoughts affect our physiology, even not that basic yeah. level?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, while you were um, talking, I, w- I was thinking of that Bhakti about um, Gusa. Manna hai yeah, dehi yeah. lagi, yeah. So there's that direct correlation between yeah. when you're having gussa, when you have that anger yeah. in your mind. And then Guru's talking about dehi yeah. like, you know, there's that direct correlation between your mind yeah. and your body. So the way that I've come to understand it more recently. So for me, it was that long journey and I've learned a, a lot of, a lot of things since. And what has really helped me is to understand that connection. So, we have this cycle, right? So, every time you have a thought that creates a chemical reaction in your body, that's called an emotion. So, if we're feeling angry, I mean, we can test it out. Like, you know, how did you feel when you were last excited, when you were looking forward to something? It's a thought. You're thinking, you're looking forward to, you know, a birthday party, a holiday, but actually, you're having a physical reaction with that. You might get. Um, butterflies in your stomach. And you might get the same thing if you're feeling scared about something, like, yeah. you know, you got a big presentation or doing this. Um, <laughs> you're going to have yeah. that chemical reaction. Yeah. So we know that thoughts and emotions are interlinked in that way. We just take that for granted, right? Yeah. If someone gets anxiety, especially children, you know, they'll tend to get a stomach ache. Yeah. So we know that. And what happens is when we have that thought, it creates that chemical reaction in our body. And that makes us feel a certain way. So we call those feelings. Yeah. And now based on that thought and that feeling, then we do something. So if we overcome with anger, because we feel like someone said something against us, it's led to that emotion. But now we might lash out at someone. So that yeah. becomes the cycle that we get stuck in. Yeah. And what happens is over time, that becomes who we are. So, so let's clarify. So yeah. you're saying that the thoughts that we
1: think over and over again yeah. that create those that chemical reaction, the feeling, yeah. which then creates a certain set of actions or way of being in the world. Yeah. And then we and that then feeds back into sure. thoughts again, doesn't it? So we've got this yeah. cycle that repeats yeah. itself over and over in different ways. Yeah. And then what you're saying is then that becomes yeah. then, our, our personality, yeah, that's our personality. way of living. Yeah. 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 So we end up then and, and what we know as well from the science and the neuroscience mm. is those particular pathways of thoughts, feelings and actions, they get etched within mm. our brain.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, in terms of neural networks within mm. our brain. Yeah. So and, and it's almost like there's this expectancy effect, isn't it? So you wake up in the morning, for example, mm. and your brain already knows which neural networks it's already got those contained within it. So it's like, okay, now it's time to feel anger because that's how you feel every morning. And then you go and have your breakfast and then you see, I don't know, your husband. And then now it's time to feel this because you see him every morning. And so it's almost as if you, and we know this about, we're going a bit deeper now, but thinking about the subconscious mind, Mm. which contains all of these individual programs Mm. that are linked to individual thoughts, feelings and actions. And so most of the time we're just operating on the basis of a program, of Mm. a habit. Mm -hmm. And we're not choosing very much of how we respond and how we act. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we think about mental health, we see it as one thing. But in fact, from our experience and the work we've done with ourselves, our Mm -hmm. own journeys and with clients, what we see is just that over time, these thoughts, feelings, actions, Mm -hmm. cycles have just been repeated, become etched within our bodies and minds. And we just live them day in, day out. Yeah. And that's why, like, if you look back at your year or two years or five years, mm. we sometimes look back and we think, well, we haven't changed at all. Yeah. Like, we're doing the same yeah. things. And even if, you know, so many of us have the intention to change and we want to be different mm. and we have goals and we want to change habits, but it's so yeah. difficult in practice. Yeah. And yeah. when we come to start to understand the science behind it, we come to, to realize that actually it's because, like Gurbani says, kar kar karna. These actions repeated over and over again, they become us. We write them down and they become our destiny almost.
0: And it's amazing because it can just start with one thing. Like most people in their life will say, you know, it's when this person passed away. It's when I got divorced. It's when, (sighs) you know, something in my life happened. There was an incident at work. Um, So for me, like there was a certain incident in my life just before the physical pain That I can say that we had a family wedding and like I'm quite an introverted person and I found myself trying to be somebody who I wasn't in that moment, trying to people please and look the right way and be the right person. And I found all of this resentment internally coming up within me but it became that vicious cycle that we're talking about. So the more I would think about who said what or what the expectation was, yeah. the more that resentment, that anger would build, the more I would, you know, step away from people. And I didn't like who I was becoming, Yeah. but I couldn't stop the cycle because I simply wasn't aware there was a cycle in the first yeah. place. And so that started to become my personality. I started to naturally just you know, be a little bit, you know, take a step back from people yeah. and be a certain way. And, and often that's what starts for people. Yeah. Um, but we're not aware of, oh, that was the incident that triggered it. And it's yeah. not that we have to be aware of that yeah. specific incident. But, you know, I always say like awareness is, is such an amazing, beautiful thing. Yeah. And, you know, that's mara, just get by if you can step away from yourself yeah. and just be aware of, okay, who who am I being right now? Yeah. Why am I being this way and what can I do about it? So yeah. we've talked about, you know, we've got, we, you know, our mind has these habits and that's really helpful because we don't want to think about how to brush our teeth every morning, but it can also be detrimental to us because if our habit is to wake up in the morning, check your phone and then have loads of judgments about what people are doing or saying on Instagram yeah. or WhatsApp. Yeah. Yeah. So if you think about that and you've, I I used to do this, I don't go on like Instagram anymore, but I'd look at somebody, say your coach, and I'd be like, wow, isn't that amazing what she's, and I would compare myself. Mm. So I'd start my morning off feeling really negative Mm. rather than being like, wow, look what she's doing, which is what I do now. It was like, oh, I'm not, I can't do that. I want to be able to do that. So I've got this negative start to my morning. Then I, you know, I'll wake the kids up and if they're messing about, that's going to add to it. Yeah. So the balance like you can see it, it gets out of balance really quickly if someone cuts you off in traffic that's yeah. going to add to it and the next
1: morning you wake up and you start to feel negative and it's come up from nowhere yeah. but it's cuz yeah. the brain is ready sure. to to be feeling the feelings that you felt yesterday and the day before and the day before that
0: sure sure so and my question yeah. is how do we then interrupt that
1: yeah so that the, this is <laughs> this
0: is tough um, yeah.
1: this is the work mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, um, just having an awareness of the fact that these habits are very challenging to interrupt and it's not through uh, any fault of us trying to interrupt these cycles it's because the process is very complex. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, you know, we've, I guess the first step is like you've said, awareness, waking up from the sleep. Mm Gurmani talks about, you know, that we're walking around in a sleep almost, and, and, um, and. that's the way it is it feels like for many of us um, in terms of like you'll go throughout your day and you're so busy doing all the things that need to be done and reacting in the same ways that reacted yesterday and having all of the thoughts but 95% of our thoughts are the same as the thoughts we thought the day before Mm -hmm. and the day before that and the day before that Mm -hmm. and so we're so kind of um asleep unconscious mm. in this program, this kind of pre-almost pre, pre almost determined way of being mm. based on our own actions, yeah. determined by our actions, um, that it's very difficult to kind of step back and be like, okay, let me just wake up and just see what's happening here. Mm. So like you said, awareness, the first step mm. is looking and, and looking at your life morning till night, mm. just taking a, taking a day yeah. and saying, okay, which parts of this day mm feel like they fit with who I really want to be mm. and which parts don't don't actually fit with me, yeah. don't fit with the ideal that I have for myself.
0: Yeah. And and I think that's the start. talks about um kohj, din mara, roj, na parashan, Yeah. So, you know, we have to, and then obviously with Gurbani, there's so many different ways of interpreting what Maharaj is saying. But yeah. when, when I first came across that pangti, like that was it for me. It was like, yeah. Can I reflect? Can I do search within my heart and and figure out what was I the best person that I wanted to be today? What went well? What didn't work? And even though that feels like a mental exercise, I think it's a really important first step because like you said, we all have this aspiration of who we want to be. Like whether it's we want to lose weight, we want to do more exercise, we want to eat better. We all start like, you know, January, everybody starts their New Year's resolution and then we fail and then we feel bad about it. But yeah. actually to know that there's 95%, these these programs, these conditioning yeah. is embedded within us. And that's why it's so difficult to just use our willpower yeah. to change something. Yeah. So the first step, what I hear you saying is to, to just be aware of that. What is it that I'm doing? Who is it yeah. that I want to be? Yeah. And start from there. So where would you say we would go from there? So I guess it would
1: be identifying those parts that don't fit with
0: I think maybe having a
1: clear vision
0: Mm.
1: of who is it that we want to be
0: yeah
1: like what kind of person what kind of feelings do we want to feel not and and not like who do we want to be in terms of I want to be this perfect person or Mm. you know I want to be um but more uh, focusing on how do you actually want to feel yeah because many of us go through our days feeling pretty awful Mm. or we've had got this like low level anxiety or low level resentment Mm or low level negativity that we're just walking around with. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, you know, after that, it's about saying, okay, how do I want to feel? Do I want to feel elevated? Do I want to feel positive? Do I want to feel good within my body? Mm -hmm. Do I want to feel spiritual? Do I want to feel connected to to Vaigru? Do I want to feel the qualities described in Gurbani, compassion? Do I want to feel more Mm prem, you know? um, How, if I'm thinking from a spiritual marg perspective, in terms of wanting to um, get further in my spiritual mind, what are the qualities that mm-hmm. allow me, enable me to get there? You know, sat santok deya taram, or satogani qualities. Mm-hmm. How do? What would it be like if I felt more of those things? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, having a clear vision mm-hmm. and a sense, and that's I guess what when we read Gurbani and we start to hear what these qualities are, mm-hmm. and we read, you know, the the. The shabbats and the Gurus speaking, mm. and we we feel different within our bodies, yeah. right? We feel the love yeah. oozing from the words, mm. we feel those qualities, mm. and that gives us without us even realizing um, a sense of who how we would want to feel, yeah. who we want to be, how mm. we want to move through our life. Mm. Um, and, you know, what the science suggests is even when you start thinking about that or exploring that new way of being, yeah. you're starting to rewire your brain mm. just by feeling, thinking, yeah. actually, I want to feel that way. Yeah. You're starting to create new networks within your brain. Yeah. So Gurbani is very, very powerful. Yeah. And Gurbani reading as a Kodji as opposed to just reciting, or oh, there's so much Girpa for, for whoever's able to even just recite Gurbani, mm. And then, you know, so much more girpa for those who are able to, um, you know, do courage mm. and then to actually follow yeah. an act.
0: Yeah. So there's there's kind of two things that I want to pick up on. Yeah. One is um, this phrase, um, actually, that the mind doesn't know the difference between what's yeah. happening right now and a memory that you're replaying in your mind. So, yeah. you know, for example, obviously, I you know, I work with clients, as do you. And, you know, often we'll get that person who that one thing that happened in their life yeah. um, and they'll replay the same memory day in, day out for yeah. five years, for 25 years, even, you know, yeah. even 50 years is that one time, you know, my, my son got divorced and my norm was like this. Yeah. They're replaying that memory over and over again. And like we said, so the thought is there they're releasing that same chemical, but the mind doesn't know the difference. Did that happen 25 years ago or is it it happening now? So you're getting stuck in that cycle. So that's really important, but we can turn that on its head. So, you know, if you've had an amazing memory in your life, even if that memory is like just something really small, but you replay that memory, you're going to have that same chemical reaction for a positive emotion and a positive feeling. And that Like you were saying, you know, that starts to become who who you are. Yeah. But I also wanted to pick up on the point of, you know, Gurbani, like Guru's given us rag, Guru's given us kirtan, Guru's given us Sangat, and just all these things that take us into this higher vibration, to help us feel in a kind of an elevated state. Yeah. And I think that's really important as a kind of, I found that, you know, when I was going through my darkest times at the same time I was coming into Sukhi, but when I would go to the camp or I would go to the Give Them program, like I could kind of get a respite from that. Yeah. But when I would come home and then I'd get up the next morning, again, you know, I had this in my mind that I want to be a different person. Mm. I wanted to, I used to really love seeing Bibya with Geskya and I'd be looking at them and putting them up on a pedestal. I still do a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um But I would be like, that's, you know, I would see somebody and I'd be like, that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to act like her. I want to be like her. Mm -hmm. But there was still a disconnect for me. So as much effort I would do into trying to be that person, you know, if the kids didn't listen to me just like that, I'd go into anger or Mm -hmm. at my husband. So. We've kind of got a little bit of a path here. Is like yeah. figure out who you are, figure yeah. out what you want to change, who you want to be. Yeah. Then we start to use these tools that Guru's given us. Yeah. Um, what what happens next? <laughs> You're asking me all the hard. Work. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think um, for, in our personal experience, uh, it's 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 a complex answer in some ways and a very simple one. Because if you asked me what is the one tool mm. that has you feel has kind of contributed yeah. to your own personal journey or transformation, I would say it's doing Simran. It's mm. the meditation. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things around that and leading up to that and um, things that support that, like mm. the Sangat and the Gurbani and all of that. But ultimately, um and I've I've shared my experience before, but for example, my the thing that I really struggled with was that I, I looked like a number Sikh for most mm. of my life, um, but you know behind closed doors in my own home, you know especially when I got married, particularly, I really struggled with mm. um, anger, resentment, lots of negative feelings, mm. and they used to you know come up within my body, and they've arguments and conflict, and it was just a really uh, it was it's just. You know, it's is complete disconnect from what I envisaged my life would be as a Sikh mm. and what I was reading A Gurbani and what I was understanding from role models within Sikhi. And so I was like, but I'm doing, I'm doing the part, I'm doing the Gitan, mm. <laughs> I'm looking the part. So what, and and I, so again, I kind of had a sense of who I wanted to be, you know, the kind of person I wanted to be, but there was such a big disconnect, you know, what was it that was getting in the way of me actually being able to embody those qualities of love and compassion Mm -hmm. consistently, Mm -hmm. you know, like. You're saying when we go into Sangat, you do feel elevated, Mm -hmm. but then you go back to your day-to-day and that old program takes Mm -hmm. over without you even recognizing and realizing. Um, So for me, things really, really started to transform when I started to take kind of a daily meditation practice. Um, It took me quite a long time to bring myself around to that Mm -hmm. because Simran I found very, very difficult at the beginning so I would sit and try and I remember reading my diaries from when I was like 19, 20 and I'd be like to do five minutes of Simran and like every day it would have like a cross because I hadn't <laughs> just even getting myself to sit down for five minutes was, yeah. I found very difficult. I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, I'm having thoughts. This is boring. Mm. This is not doing anything. Mm. It says in Gurbani that Simran is the answer to everything. Yeah. And the whole of Sukhmani it's about Simran and mm. like, it's like, but I'm doing it and it's not working yeah. and it's hard. Um, and just as time went on, I started to have more experience of doing Simran in Sangat and to be honest, the major impetus for me was just more suffering. Mm-hmm. So more conflict, yeah. more um, dissatisfaction with who I was and the life I was living. And um, and I just thought something's got to change. And you get to a point in your journey where you become desperate. Like you yeah. were saying that yeah. there came a point where the suffering was so great mm-hmm. that you just had to do something different. You had to s- s- kind of seek out answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I guess... W- we see suffering as a negative thing but in Gurbani it says Mm -hmm. and I think that was the first time I truly understood that Mm -hmm. which is that when you're in duk, Mm -hmm. then you you kind of the ego you surrender the ego Mm -hmm. you you kind of recognize that you don't know all the answers yeah and you you kind of just have to abandon kind of that that ego and just surrender and say vaigru or Mm. whoever at that point I didn't even know if I really believed in Vaiguru. I Mm. didn't really even though I was Amartari, (laughs) you know, I didn't know what this was. I just but you there comes a point where there's so much suffering. You're calling out to something in the universe Mm. to just hear your call or to give you some direction. Mm. And that's the point at where I was where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And every time I would the suffering would be greater. The yearn, the call would be more heartfelt it would be mm-hmm. more sincere it'd be more genuine and um as i was doing that you know n- now you know i believe that Vaygru, the you know helped heard <laughs> listened and and as we we will talk more about this maybe in other sessions but vayguru and energy and what that you know all of that but um you know so at that point then i started to have more opportunities to do simran and sangha and, um, I started to just, it took a long time. Mm-hmm. It took time for me to develop the ability to sit and do Simran for more than two minutes, yeah. for more than five minutes, for more than 10 minutes. But I had this one profound experience, um, where I did Simran for quite a long time. I was kind of forced to, I went to the Simran camp and, and I started to feel a sense of lightness and peace within my body that I'd never felt before. Mm. And, you know, it it completely changed my life. Mm. Just that one experience of being able to feel a different way within my body, whereas all that time I'd felt resentment, anxiety, you know, stress, constant comparison, low self-esteem, all of that, insecurity. Mm. Mm. And then being able to just sit within Sangha, do Simran and then feel differently
0: yeah.
1: was so incredible because it was the first time I realized that I had everything within me that I needed mm. to be the person I wanted to be, that I didn't have to go outside myself and, and look for solutions outside. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to wait for, I don't know, the marriage to get better or to get a bigger house or to have a better career mm. or to become a mother because I thought that would solve my problems. Mm. Like it was like, oh, wait. So it's not about the external. It's about being able to tap into something that's in there, Mm. that it's the other way around, Mm. that it's not about finding peace outside and then it coming inside. It's about experiencing it from within. Mm. And so that's a really long answer to your question. But (laughs) uh, what we know from the science now, I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that, Mm. is that meditation has a profound effect on Mm. our psychology, Mm. our physiology, and it allows us to override those programs that we talked about before. And it's the only thing known currently within science that allows us to reprogram that subconscious mind. Nothing mm-hmm. else seems to work. You can read all the books you want. You can go to all the courses you want. You can have therapy all you want, which all of those things are really useful mm-hmm. in their own right. But if you're looking for true transformation, mm-hmm. if you're looking for manas, te dev, te the Ayanaam Hare, yeah. then that's where the Simran meditation comes in. Yeah. So it'd be really good to hear from you about kind of the science, what we know about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I'll, I'm with you on that. And <laughs> so it, for me, it was like even though I, I felt a transformation before that, you know, with the meditation, with the Simran practice, I started to to tap into what you're talking about as well, just feeling completely different um, and up until then it had always been actually when something changes i will change i'll be happy when yeah. i'll be happy when i get the job or yeah. when i get married and i totally yeah. connect to that um so what really blew my mind is you know i'm i'm a coach so i watch all these self development videos i do all the courses and you know so and like you said you know things do help so you know counseling did help me yeah. at that time um you know and Journaling really helps me. There's lots of things, you know, just talking to people really helps me. Doing good, uh, reading good barney, doing cordial good barney, that all really helps me. However, when I found like you, when I started to do the Simran practice at a kind of a deeper level, that's where I felt a quicker and, and deeper transformation. I'm not there yet. <laughs> but what really helped me to actually get engaged with that practice was learning the science. So it was things like when you change your brainwave. So what program reprograms the subconscious mind? So remember, the subconscious mind is that habit mind where we do the same thing over and over again. And as much as we want to change, we find it difficult to, you know, but in my case, stop eating the sugar. Um, but what su- we know that science is catching up with Gurdwani, right? So what we know through science now is there's kind of two ways that you can do that. One is through repetition, but that's hard work. So doing the same thing over and over and over again. Again, it takes so the new so a new habit. A new habit. Yeah. But that takes a lot of willpower. And again, you're yeah. gonna have those programs fighting against you. So you can use repetition, but use it as step two rather than step one. Yeah. Step one is by changing your brainwave. So when children are very little up to the age of five, they're like a sponge and they're in this kind of hypnotic state so they absorb everything that's happening around them that's how they learn how to walk that's how they learn how to talk and after that age it becomes less and less over time but the difference between a child of that age and us as adults is where is their brain waves so they're absorbing things because their brain is vibrating at a certain level whereas we when we're just talking you know we're going about our day we're not really absorbing so how do you change that and how you change that is through meditation. So when we're doing Simran, when we're doing any kind of deep meditation, what we're doing is we're beginning to change our brainwave. So when we're, for example, when we're doing Simran, we're sitting, we're really focusing on the mantra, whether it's Mool mantra, whether it's Vaiguru Simran, the more we focus on it, the more we bring our mind fully in full attention of that, it starts to put us in this kind of I don't want to say hypnotic state, but it starts to change our brain waves till we get into that state that we're talking about. And that honest, even on a, that's not even the deepest level, like even on a surface level, that's where we can start to create change. If we experience peace and bliss at that level, that is a practice. And practice means you practice it in your morning routine or your Simran routine, but then that feeds into the rest of your day. And that's that's what is amazing to me is I can sit there and do Simran. But actually, I will carry that feeling with me for the for most of the day. It might not be the whole day. I might need mm, to top up, mm. but I'll carry it for for quite a lot of my day. Mm. so that's amazing. But then, even beyond that, what I feel like, my understanding of what Maharaj is talking about, there's even the levels that are beyond that, which yeah. is you know getting gobind millanki e bariya. so becoming taking on the guna Vaiguru and becoming mm. like vai guru and eventually getting to that point where you can actually have darshan of a guru you know whatever that means i you know i'm not even sure i'm not there yet but just knowing that there's something that's possible beyond that like yeah. we have all this iti, amazing ittihas, we have all these sakya that talk about tag, that talk about ganika the prostitute these people who were like you know man-eaters and murderers and prostitutes um, and then we talk about, you know, the guru, the guru changed them, but we never really understand how did that happen. Yeah. Um, or we think, you know, it was just, you know, they recited Gurbani, they did some magic and they they ch- changed and transformed. But actually Maharaj wasn't here to say, I'm up here and you can't do that. Maharaj was yeah. here to say, you are all capable, you yeah. all have the potential. Yeah. And for me, you know, that's that's been my experience of Simran that, you know, I can change yeah. who I think I am if... I know sometimes you say, you know, you always thought you were an angry person and that's never going to change, but now you can say, you know, that's changed. And for me, I've always felt like I've never felt worthy. Like I always felt like I've always had lower self-esteem and I feel like, you know, that's really genuinely that's changing and that's what was happening. I, I, as far as I understand is, you know, Guru talks about the Bardas. you know, the philosopher stone, my, my kids love Harry Potter, so I... (laughs) It's like something that changes something. It changes iron into gold. And for me, you know, it's genuine, like what Maharaj is saying, obviously, that Simran is that bodice, like doing that meditation practice. It can really, truly change you from the inside. So if I look back at it, the and I think, okay, there's nobody who's not worthy of of having that potential to change. It does still require effort, right? So we still have to do it. I was um, having a conversation earlier and it was about, um, I was waiting, like when I came into Sikhi, it was amazing, it was transformative, but then I was waiting for just Girpa. So I was like, okay, I'm doing my Nithanim, I'm trying to learn part, I'm trying to do this thing, I'm coming into Sangat, but now I'm just waiting for the Girpa to happen, for Guru to truly change me or for me to just, you know, meet Guru. And But now I feel like I have a method, like, yeah. where I feel like I'm making... I don't know about saying I'm making progress, but I just feel like day by day that I'm getting a little step closer. Yeah. So the real challenge for me was, like you said, sitting and just trying to control that mind because the mind will want to go everywhere yeah. but concentrate yeah. on Simran. Um, one thing that I learned yesterday, I was watching a video and they were talking about meditation and the scientific benefits of it. Um, but they were saying, even if you don't feel like anything has changed and you were like, oh, am I doing this right? Why can't I focus? It still does have an effect on your body. So the study that I was listening to is by uh, somebody called Dr. Joe Dispenza, but they were actually studying meditators, long-term meditators, novices, and people who had never meditated. And they were exposing their blood samples to the COVID virus. And it was just mind-blowing what they found was the people who had never meditated, the virus was straight in there. It would go straight into the cell and it would do its thing. Those who had meditated a little bit, there was a little bit of resistance on that cell mm. to the virus. Mm. But those long-term meditators, the ones who had meditated for six months or more, the virus just, it would simply stay on the outside. It just wow. couldn't get into the cell. So that those are kind of the things that we're talking about. Like yeah. Maharaj said, Sarabhadoka, Okadanaam. Mm-hmm. And we we don't take it literally. It's like, yeah, "Yeah, okay, maybe, you know, maybe that's true on some level, but I don't quite get it. So for me, it's like, you know, physically, I feel healed now. Um, Emotionally, I feel It doesn't mean I don't have a bad day or I don't have a cold or a stomachache once in a while, but I don't have that rog, you know, that chronic, you know, Dira grog, Guru talks about that chronic disease. And it was, I feel like it was because I was just, overcome with, with that home, mayor, which, you know, we talk about ego, mm-hmm. but it was about, it's just me and my life. And why has somebody, you know, done this to me? And then I got, I kind of drowned in that, those emotions of, you yeah. know, that what we call the bunch chord. and what's flipped for me now is without having to make the effort to be a good person is when I can sit and meditate, I feel like I'm getting direct access. <laughs> and so that, that's kind of like, Guru talks about nam dan ishnan. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting that ishnan then, yeah. um, but it was difficult to begin with. Like yeah. to sit, and what's really helped me again is doing it in sangat, yeah. having a sangat to sit and do the simran with. But yeah. also like just having that discussion, having that bajar about okay, what is what you know what has been your experience? Sometimes it's really difficult. How do we yeah. motivate each other? Because that's a really big part of Sikhi is yeah. to have that sadh sangat, yeah. And for me, all sadh sangat means is people who have that same intention to get closer to guru, and they're talking about guru, um, and they're doing their efforts to do that. And, and that yeah. kind of motivates you to keep going.
1: Yeah, it's incredible, because we started off, asking the question is mental health curable yeah. <laughs> i think we've just blown that question out yeah. the water yeah. in that you know everything is curable yeah. in terms of uh, in terms of gurbani and sikhi there are no limits mm-hmm. to what what we are capable of and what is possible because ultimately hana gurbani samantu jyot jot hai we are not our bodies, not our identities, not our roles, but we ultimately, Jodh Sarup, we are the embodiment Mm -hmm. of divine light, of Vaheguru. And Vaheguru is unlimited. Mm -hmm. Vaheguru is the one who created this whole creation, who sustains Mm -hmm. everything. And so if we're tapping into that, Mm -hmm. if we're able to start to peel off those layers of who we are not, Mm -hmm. which are just vichar, identity thoughts, Mm -hmm. through doing the Simran, we come to realize who we truly are, and then we are unlimited too. Yeah. We are. We can tap into all of that, yeah. and I think that's just so empowering. And for me personally, it has been so empowering and so um, just ins- inspirational yeah. to to know that it doesn't matter what struggle you're having or how you feel within your body and your mind. There are tools. There is a way out. Yeah. There is a way to move through that, mm-hmm. and recognize your true potential who you truly are
0: yeah um so it's 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 wonderful hearing your journey as well and and it is that partnership between the simran and the gurbani as well like the gurbani is constantly it's like having i don't want to reduce Maharaj to a coach but it's like having your own (laughs) coach like guru's constantly giving you the truth over and over and over again and reminding you what to do yeah um and, and then you do it, it's like, yeah. I always say it's like, you know, going to Ikea and you buy, you know, some shelves and the instructions are in Swedish and you yeah. just read them over and over again. <laughs> You'll get so far yeah. and then you understand them. But until you don't start to put the bookshelf together and then you actually put the books on it, you yeah. kind of miss the point. Yeah. So for me, you know, Gurbani is like so amazing and yeah. it's healing at its vibration as well. Yeah. But at the same time is, you know, if Maharaj is saying Prabhu Simran, how do we implement that? Yeah. So for me, kind of, I won't say the last question, but the question I have is if you're that person like I was who feels like they're doing everything right, and maybe they're even like, I sit there and I do Simran, um, but my, I just can't settle my mind or, you know, I don't feel like it's working. Yeah. What would your advice to that person be?
1: I would say come to our course. <laughs> Uh,
0: we'll tell you more about that. But um,
1: well, yeah, I think that it's really a blessed position to be in, to be even attempting to do Simran. Yeah. There's a lot of girpa in that. Yeah. You know, vaiguru has got their glance of grace on you, that you, you've you kind of come across this tool. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a lot of blessings in that. Um, and I would say going into Sangat mm-hmm. and doing Simran within Sangat yeah. is a really powerful thing. Um, and listening to any gatha or discourse that is inspiring, mm. that that does focus on Simran and the benefits. And um, and if mm. the science helps, yep. go on YouTube and just, you know, just explore meditation mm. and science. And because ultimately, when we feel inspired, we're more able to do something, aren't we? That's even if it feels difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's about the sangad, the inspiration. Mm. Um And, you know, unfortunately, suffering is also a very good motivator. Mm -hmm. So, you know, ultimately, you know, I believe that we'll all get there, whether it's not this lifetime. Ultimately, our destination is the same, which Mm -hmm. is with Akal Purk, with our true mother and father. Mm -hmm. But it's just about whether in this this life we can access the Sangat, read the Gurbani, do whatever inspires Mm -hmm. you, um, would you say, would you add anything further to that, do you think, to encourage with meditation?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the key things for me is that awareness. So when I say awareness, what I mean is if you give it a try, if you give it a go and really notice, you know, how do I feel today? What is yeah. the difference? And when you're not doing what the difference, because we forget yeah, really yeah. quickly, my brain is like a goldfish. Yeah. So like I might do some room for like a month in the past, and then I would stop doing it, but I would forget how amazing it was until I'd start doing it again. So really notice, notice the people around you, if there's someone who's already doing it, like, do you notice the change in them? And notice how you feel when you're doing it. And every step you take, like, whether it's Simran, whether it's Gurbani, whatever it is that you're doing, it's really important that we assess, actually, is it making a difference to me? Because otherwise we're just doing it because someone told us to do it yeah. and and what we want to do is feel feel that true change so i'm going to ask you the question again Benji is 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 <laughs> is, is mental illness curable
1: yeah i don't even know if that's a relevant question yeah. anymore <laughs> but absolutely with with guru's Girpa and with all of the yeah. tools that we've been given in gurbani and sikhi absolutely yeah. um you know i'm convinced when any time a client walks comes up in front Mm -hmm. of me and I, you know, I meet them for the first time and they tell me sometimes their stories are really very difficult and traumatic and their, the situation is very difficult, but I always feel very, very hopeful, Mm -hmm. um, now since my own transformation, um, you know, that anything is possible. Yeah. Um, and so I would say, yes, absolutely it is.
0: Yeah. Um, so for me, I would say again, absolutely it is, but I would say, it's not necessarily going to be an easy road. And yeah. if you have those days where you're struggling, yeah. that's okay. Like those yeah. days are going to come. They come for me too. Yeah. They come for all of us. So it's not about, you know, I should just do my Barton Simran and I'll yeah. be cured. It's not an overnight thing like yeah. that. But just having something that you know has worked for somebody. Yeah. It has worked for many people over time. If we just hold on to that, that ask, that hope, and we, we do our das to Maharaj as well. Yeah. That I, I think you know, we just take it one step at a time, and not letting our thoughts, our um, get in the way. You know, mm. what happens is when you have a bad days, sometimes you'll be like, okay, but there's no hope for me, or I'm not yeah. good enough, or what am I doing wrong? And just having that brossa in Maharaj that actually, I'm going to trust you. Yeah. You want me to accept hukum, I'm going to accept hukum. But at the same time, I'm trusting that you're gonna you're gonna show me the way and. and the signs come from a conversation. The sign comes from the people you meet, the videos you watch, the books you read. So it won't be necessarily the easiest thing, but there's no alternative either. And, and yeah. at least take hope in knowing that there's people out there who have, have got to the other side of it yeah. or are working to get to the other side of it.
1: Yeah. And I wonder whether we could end with, um, Benji, if you could guide us through some Simran just um, sure. for a few minutes yeah so we can all experience the benefits yeah together
0: yeah. okay so i'll encourage everybody to sit with a straight back so the reason i say a straight back is we just want to let our body know that we're going to pay attention we're going to use our focus at the arm and you can relax the rest of your body and just find some comfort in having your eyes closed and just being still for a minute because we live these lives where we're at 90 miles per hour, we're a little bit scared to actually spend time with ourselves, to spend time with our thoughts. But if we know that Maharaj is within us until we don't spend that time with ourselves, we won't be able to meet Maharaj. So, just sitting comfortably, and just start to become aware of your breathing, become aware of your body. And if your mind starts coming up with lots of thoughts, that's okay, like that's normal. But if you just bring that mind back, bring it back to your breath, Maharajji tells us, Dukkadam Karari Hajar. Hajur Kodai, that when we focus on this one breath
2: deeply, we can feel Vaiguru's presence, ever-present. And now we're
0: going to begin using the mantra, the Guru mantra, Guru, bringing all of our attention onto the Shabad, onto the sound of the Shabad, singing the Shabad gaviye Suniya, listening with full attention, with full focus. And if we get distracted, that's okay, just bring your mind back. Mankita, so having love in our heart and mind, that full purosa in our mind as we begin. Why,
2: guru? Why, guru? Why, guru? Why, guru? Why, guru? why guru 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 why Good why guru why Good why 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 Goodoo why guru why good why guru why guru why guru why guru why guru why guru why Just allow yourself to sit in the stillness, noticing how you feel, and know that this is accessible to you at any time without
0: the outside changing at all. Peace can be found inside.
1: Please forgive any mistakes.